With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One as we are here to discuss the what's next coming out of Saturday's UFC Vegas 27 event, which was a, a card that had a little bit of everything, including a pair of big statements made at 135 pounds as well as 115 pounds. And I hope you're all having a great weekend as we bring you some matchmaking before a rare weekend off. For the UFC next weekend, I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity, the incomparable Alexander K. Lee. How are you, kind sir? Oh, what a lovely introduction. Uh, my best friend, Mike, uh, I'm, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for a little bit of a break from the UFC. You guys have Memorial Day weekend next week? You guys have a long weekend next week, right? Yes. In the U.S. Okay, we had our, we had our long weekend this weekend. I uh, can't remember why I'm a terrible Canadian, but we have some sort of, you know, whatever three day holiday. So so I'm not going to lie. My mind was already sort of sort of set thinking about your your American long weekend next week and, and the no UFC card. But uh, but you know what? We had some we had some good showings on Saturday, as you mentioned, two very big statements made, which was which was what we hoped at the very least. I think going into this card, we hoped uh, that the top two fights would deliver what they had to deliver, and I think they did. The rest of the card, I don't know, mixed bag, you know, mileage may vary. But uh, yeah, definitely some positives and some matchups to be made here. Yeah, we were. It's. We, I was thinking about this like late last night and early this morning, and then we we mentioned this before we hit record. If the UFC took last night off and then booked this card for the Saturday for next Saturday, I think it would have gone over a lot better. It was a. It was a good. I mean, it was a good card. Like, if you go back and watch it for what it was, like, it was pretty good. There were some kind of slow fights, but there were some really good fights, too. I just think, like, 
And I know like everyone's like, oh, you stop complaining. This is your job. But eventually it's just like we've been doing this for like 12 straight Saturdays. Like it w- that was probably time for a break after 262 because we were still talking about it on Thursday. It still overshined what was to come last night. And I just think the hangover was real. Although we had uh, the two big statements in the main and co-main event. We're going to yeah. talk about uh, it. It would have been nice, Mike, to, to get to enjoy the Charles Oliveira you know, bask in the the honeymoon period of the Charles Oliveira lightweight championship. Because, I mean, like I said, we had this other event to look forward to, uh, I mean, uh, on Saturday. And then, you know, the rest of the week was spent with us in the media yap, yap, yapping about like, oh, it's Charles Oliveira, the real champ. Who should fight? (laughs) Right? We we didn't even give poor... We're such demons. We're such click clickbait demons. We didn't even give you know Oliver time to enjoy it. We're like, oh, it's time for McGregor Poirier to come along and take the title from him. Like, God, it's just we're disgusting. We're terrible people. We are disgusting sometimes. Well, AK, let us begin with one Rob Font. Yes, did the damn thing in the main event. A dominant, unanimous decision win over the former champion Cody Garbrandt in his first main event. This man continues to get better and better. He shattered his own significant strikes record, outstruck Garbrandt by 113 total significant strikes throughout the five rounds. AK, I thought he won every single round. The first round was closest of all. I have no issue if you scored it for Garbrandt, but I don't think any of the other rounds were all that close, if we're being honest. I thought uh, I thought it was a showcase performance for one of the founders of the New England cartel. And normally after a performance like that, AK, and where he is at in his career, the winning streak he is on right now, that would be enough to earn you a title shot. But in this division, there's a lot of roadblocks in play. So I guess the question is, what does Rob Font do now? What is next? He kind of mentioned this post-fight. He's he's well aware he has to wait for this Sterling, Yon, Dillashaw, Sanhagen situation to sort itself out. And and it's and he's in a great position to get uh, any one of those guys, possibly a title shot. Who knows? Again, depends how uh, whether you know what happens with the title shot. Sanhagen fight. When does Sterling Yawn happen? That's still not official. I mean, I think we all assume it's going to happen. I think anyone out there worrying like, oh my gosh, Sterling got the you know got the next surgery and he's avoiding the, the rematch with Yawn. I I think that's crazy. Uh, again, I'm not, and I'm not saying that the fight is definitely going to happen, but I'm saying if it doesn't happen, it's not because Sterling's avoiding it. I think Sterling would definitely want a chance to to uh, vindicate his sort of disqualification victory. So, um, so yeah, he has to wait. He has to wait. I I, I don't know what's ideal for him in that situation. So I, I'm not pick, I'm not picking uh, one of those names because again, I I, I think the Dillashaw Sanhagen person uh, winner, excuse me, definitely deserves uh, the title shot. But you could, again, you can make that argument for Fonz. Especially Dillashaw, I know a lot of people don't want to see him uh, get a title shot off of one man back, especially, especially given the circumstances under which he was uh, he was away from competition. So I'll, I'll make my official pick for Font. It should be one of those four, but if I have to make an official pick, maybe maybe Frankie Edgar. Uh, I know uh, Font, again, like I said, he's, a, he's up in the rankings, doesn't want to fight back, but it's another big name. I think it's a fight he'd be favored in. I think he'd be at least a two-to-one favorite against Frankie Edgar, and I say this as a massive Frankie Edgar fan. Uh, this is something I wanted last year. I think when Sanhagen uh, beat Edgar last year, or when, even when they were matched up, I remember I wanted Font to get the winner of that fight. I guess it, it's been a while now, and Edgar lost pretty badly, so many people don't want to see that now, but I'm, I'm still not against it, and this is really just to keep Font busy, because the other uh, Dillashaw Sanhagen, I think we're, we're rumored, what, maybe July? End of July, I think we're hearing. We haven't confirmed that yet. And Sterling Yan, who knows? So I don't know if he wants to wait that long. 
Yeah, this this is really interesting. And I said this on the post-fight show. I said on the preview show. Although it seemed like the Sanhagen-Dillashaw fight when it was supposed to take place a couple of weeks ago was a clear-cut number one contenders fight. Now with it being postponed until reportedly July 24th, and as AK alluded to, that is not 100% done as, as of this recording. I think we are in the beginning stages of a quasi number one contender mini tournament. Now, like you also said, AK, we have no idea when this rematch between Sterling and Jan will happen. I think the UFC would be absolutely insane to go really any other direction unless Sterling just can't fight for a long time. I know he hopes to be ready in October and maybe he will be. I just don't believe it in my heart of hearts. I just think that it's too soon after, you know, hearing how Chris Weidman overcame that neck injury and how Tristan Connolly overcame that neck injury and the time it took to build themselves back up. And so there's a clear option to me. And then I, there's kind of an outside the box option. If you'll indulge me for a moment, AK, I think the best way to do it. And it's unfortunate for Sanhagen more than anybody in this situation with what he has done lately I think Font should get the winner of Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. Throw that fight on the main card whenever that title fight happens. Like, if the title fight's going to happen in October, either the co-main event, somewhere on that main card, you do Rob Font versus the winner of Sanhagen Dillashaw. One, because you showcase the division even further. And two, you have a contingency plan in place in case something does happen, whether it be COVID-related or... You know, maybe Sterling's injury flares back up and he can't make it. That way you have something in place. The other outside of the box option, and again, not fair to Sanhagen because the postponement of this fight with Dillashaw was not his fault. If for some reason it's revealed Aljo is out for longer than anticipated, you can do an interim title fight between Jan and Rob Font to keep things moving. Not the most ideal situation, but let's just say like in two weeks we find out you know, Sterling's recovery is taking longer. He's not going to be back to like April of 2022. You got two guys ready to go. I'm sure Jan would jump on that opportunity. I'm sure Font would also jump on that opportunity. And then you just kind of go from there. But not ideal. Option nonetheless if you need it. But I think if you treat it as a tournament with what's going on in the title conversation with the championship belt, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Font himself said, he said he's totally down for an interim title. A lot, a lot of fighters don't necessarily say that. A lot of fighters say uh, they, they want to wait for the real thing, but I think he's smart. I think he knows an interim title fight could end up, again, either being you know a co-main on a pay-per-view. Uh, again, you get that, that title fight, some extra t- title fight Skrilla, so certainly a good thing to want to want to be a part of. It could even be, honestly, it could even, if it was him and, and Jan, it could even be uh, a headliner on a pay-per-view, depending which one, depending what it is, depending how badly the UFC needs a headliner. So I think Font leaving that door open was really smart. Uh, gosh, it's it sounds so weird that the stakes of uh, Dillashaw Sanhagen changed so much, right? With the with the top, with both with his qualification and now the fight being delayed, it it really did look like it was so easy. Like the UFC really, it was so easy for the UFC, even in such a deep division. We're like, ah, oh, it's perfect, it's laid out for them. Sterling Yan, settle their business, long away to title fight. Dillashaw comes back, fights Sanhagen. There's your automatic number one contender. Now, Fonts inserted himself into the conversation. I mean, I, I think this is, overall is a good problem to have for the UFC. But it is uh, a little bit confusing for us, for the fans. And also, it, it's a little difficult for the marketing team, I think, to kind of handle all this going forward. I even told Rob this when I went out there um, for that spar, his final sparring session. I said, as, as, you never want to like celebrate losing a fight. 
But and normally you want to be like the last one to compete because this is a recency bias sport. In this situation, I thought this was this favored Rob Font more than anybody else. Even even more so than Cody Co- than Cody Garbrandt, Sanhagen and Dillashaw. Rob Font getting a two month head start on these two guys. This is the best thing for him. Like it made and, and him going out there and having that performance was just huge. So he's on to to bigger and better things. And we'll see what happens. This is just kind of a a cluster F right now, and it's just the way that it is. But We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We head to the co-made event in AK... It seems like a no-brainer here, but for some reason, much like the Aljo situation last year, Dana White is not ready to pull the trigger on Carlos Sparza being next for Rose Namajunas when there is absolutely nothing more she could have done from a competitive standpoint. I think we all agree, and I know it's not necessarily her nature to do this, but she could have been a little more fiery in the post-fight interview. Cut a little more of a promo. Like, even if you say, like, hey, Rose, congratulations on the win. I finished you once. I'll do it again. I'll see you in the octagon. Anything besides, hey, Dana, come on, man. Let's do this. I, I deserve it. That being said, I said it after 261 on the show. It would not surprise me in the least if they did the rematch between Rose Namajunas and Zhang Wei Li. But Rose put her away emphatically and very quickly. I think Carla has done more than enough at this point to earn a title shot. And if I'm Rose, I'm making a post, even if it's like the most respectful post of all time. Hey, Carla, great fight. Let's do it again. Be an honor. Something like that. But 
I will say this. I'm not going to do anything crazy. Carla should get the next title shot. And at worst, if they go at the rematch between Rose and Zhang Wei Li, it would not surprise me. Carla should not fight anybody else but the strawweight champion in her next fight, whether it takes six months, eight months, a year, a year and a half. Carla Sparza's next fight in that octagon will be for the strawweight title. What say you? Uh, yeah, and and you know we discussed this on the post fight show, and I think everyone knows about this by now, or at least as this, as these discussions like uh, one, you know as people kind of talk about this, uh, like what's going to happen with Carla and and uh, Rose and uh, Zhang Weili, they all have the same management. They're all uh, uh, Brian Butler, right? Brian Butler's their manager, yep. Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so in that sense, I think it's almost. I think uh, Carla will be a little more comfortable waiting. The fact that they're all under the same umbrella, because at least again, there's a lot, there's that communication there, and they can let her know, like, uh, like you said, yes, uh, it might take a while for get this rematch, but we're do- like, you know, I, I'm making sure. I'm speaking as her manager. I'm making sure, no matter what happens with uh, Rose and and Jean, uh, and Wei Li, that uh, you are next, Carla. You know, again, it's it's. It, I think it's just a little bit easier. Uh, and a good problem to have for for Sucker Punch Entertainment. So yeah, I, I, oh gosh, do we even have to do this one? It's as far as it's, I mean, it's right. It's right. It's it's silly. It's silly. And uh, we the other thing we said in the post fight show was uh, Jose made a few uh, good comments about uh, saying if only she had gone full heel and just started making fun of Paul Felder, <laughs> making fun of his retirement, like his career. She should have called him Pat. She should have been like, she should have been like, yeah, thanks for the question, Pat. Um, yeah, you listen. It's like, like just super disrespectful. Um, but I, I get it. It's it's not in her nature to really be that way. It wouldn't it wouldn't have come off well. Uh, I, I understand. I understand why she didn't. So yeah, other than talking her way into it, there's just there's not a lot more she can do. Uh, and look, R.I.P. Uh, hashtag Yan Yan Yan. Uh, we har- we hardly knew ye. We hardly knew ye. And, and look, I I'm not counting out Yan Shanan as coming back someday and being a contender. I'm just saying after last night. For now, hashtag Yan Yan Yan. It won't be trending this week. Okay, let's put it that way. Yes, it was. It was. It was fun while it lasted, at least for the time being. It was not. It was not fun. Yeah, and listen, <laughs> Car- the, the the path for Carla Esparza got even cleaner with Tatiana Suarez saying she wants to move up to 125. Yes. Like there's yep. because you know exactly what the UFC would have done in this situation. They would have thrown Carla right back in there with Tatiana Suarez, gave her the rematch, you know, chance to avenge the loss, number oh, one contender so? fight. There's no doubt in my mind they would have I, I tried think, to make that fight. Uh, I think they would have given. Tatiana fight, uh, not an easy fight, but like a, a winnable fight to just have her ju- uh, jump the line, to just jump over Carla. Would have been, what, what am I thinking? Maybe, but Tatiana already finished her, so. Yeah, they, that's they, what I'm saying. That's why I don't think they would want to see her fight Carla again right now, anyway. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, they, I think they remember that, that that first fight and be like, eh, let's not, it's, there's no point in a rematch now. Let's give uh, Tatiana, uh, quote unquote, tune up, whatever that means uh, in, in, uh, in that division, but. Uh, and then and then had her leap over Carla, which would have sucked. But again, like you said, they could have mentioned the first fight. And yeah. Justified it that way. So those were the two athletes that over-delivered. But a fight over-delivered in a big way as well on Saturday. Yeah. Jared Vandera gets his first UFC win. He bled for it, literally, against Justin Taffa. I mean, his blood was all over the canvas, all over himself, everywhere. I mean, it looked like, like I was watching the second Mighty Ducks movie, and instead of using shaving cream on poor Dwayne Robertson's hand, they used ketchup. What an the, esoteric! With, with what, a, what an esoteric reference. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, great performance from Jared Vandera. He moves on to bigger things, but how big do those things get? Ak, what would you like to see next for the uh, for the Team Quest product? 
Mike, do you think it was a glove that cut that caused the cut? Because when they showed the cut after, it was like a really small cut. It was just one that I think popped open really quickly and started bleeding really quickly. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was the glove? They, they showed the punch. It was almost like I think it was like a left hand uh, that caught him pretty good, pretty good on the top of the head. I do wonder if there was like he just a seam in the glove that like sliced him, but I wasn't. Uh, could have been like dry knuckles, maybe. Maybe could like have a been dry. dry maybe was, like a dry knuck. It was a bizarre uh, cut. That that they and they, they cleaned up really fast. Got a great team, and then he looked he looked like a new man by the in the third in the third <laughs> round. It was amazing. someone posted like the before and after screenshots. I was like, oh, good job, good job, uh, cut men, quarterman. Uh, yeah, uh, Charges Daniel. I think Charges Daniel is a name I saw thrown out there. So I'll give I'll give proper credit to people later. But um, well, no, I won't because a bunch of re- uh, listeners suggested, so I won't be naming names. But yeah, uh, Charges Daniel. There's a lot of directions to go. I think. This will be a bit of a theme for the rest of this uh, main card we're discussing outside of Hermanson, um, because these were some lower ranked, some might say barely ranked uh, fighters on the main card. And uh, yeah, I just think that Daniel would be a fun matchup. He just got his first UFC win recently, which was wild because it happened after like a four year hiatus or something from 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 the octagon. And uh, yeah, uh, Jared Vendera judges Daniel. Nothing fancy. There's, there's other options. I have many other options listed. That would just be my, my number one pick. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I had a feeling you were going that direction, so I went a, l- a little bit different. And then the more I thought about it, the more I convinced myself that this is a no-brainer. But I saw some people, I saw like a few people throw out Andre Orlovsky as an option for Jared Vendera. That is, oh, I'm sorry, that is I absurd. That. that is absurd this early in his career. That. Yeah, I, I saw it a few different times. That is an absurd idea. It's just, he just came off his first UFC win. Arlovsky also coming off of a win. And you're going to throw him in there with, with Jared Vendera? Listen, I like Jared Vendera. He's a good dude, in, very good fighter. Uh, he's a guy that has a lot of potential and a lot of talent. And if he can kind of get it all put together, he could be a very tough out at heavyweight. But let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. This one actually was pretty easy for me. I think Dontel Mays is, is fine. Like, he doesn't have an opponent. You got two guys coming off their first UFC wins. That's a good fight. That's what I would do. But your option is, is just fine as well. Yeah, Maze Maze was literally right on. I could show you the screenshot right now. Right, right, right under Daniel, right on my list. Uh, now we head to Norma Dumont, AK, who picked up a, an, an upset win over Felicia Spencer. I thought Norma clearly won the fight. The split to me was bizarre, but the right fighter in in our eyes got the nod. And I think everybody knows at this point. In today's UFC, my best friend, that her future at 145 pounds is bleak at best. Her move to 135 begins as soon as possible. Get yourself to the PI, Norma. Start the process and then go fight Jocelyn Edwards because that would be a lot of fun. What do you think? Ooh. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, for anyone, again, giving Dumont crap about wanting to fight at 135, uh, I-, I do... I do hate that she has to uh, cut to that way. I wish there was a featherweight division. Clearly, it's difficult for her. Uh, again, and she hasn't made it in the UFC yet. She she waited one thirty nine point five for a fight with Ashley Evan Smith, which she won, and then one thirty nine point five again for her most recent fight, which was canceled because she was again uh, she was a little too overweight uh, for the for the commission's liking. So, uh, yeah, but 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 she's right about wanting to fight a bantamweight. There's just more to do there. Featherweight at this point is just a rush to get your ass beaten by Amanda Nunez. Uh, uh, 135, yes, the end, you're still going to get your ass beaten by Amanda Nunez. But at least you can build yourself up a little more. You're not just chasing that one championship paycheck. Again, and, and by the way, friend, and, 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 I'm, and, I'm, and Dumont has said this herself. Again, uh, she did an interview with Guillermo Cruz on our website, and she said, look, I, I'm really in no hurry to challenge, to call out Amanda Nunez. She really wants to go back down to 135. So good, good for her. Build up your name. 
there's also life outside the UFC. Look, she, she's she's maybe she's she's not with the UFC in a couple of years. She, she'd like to have some wins, some UFC wins on her resume, as opposed to ju- again just being someone else who got knocked off by Amanda Nunes. Uh, so I'm going uh, Bea Malecki, pretty boring pick. They were supposed to fight at uh, UFC on ABC two in April. This is the fight that ended up getting canceled when. Uh, you know, Aaron Blanchfield stepped in, but Dumont just couldn't make the weight, so so the fight didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, Bam Malecki, I thought it was a good matchup before, experience-wise, I think it makes sense now. Uh, yeah, so whenever, whenever, wherever Malecki is, whenever she's coming back, Norma Dumont, that's the way to go. You know what? I, I just thought of one that that makes a lot of sense as well, because I believe she's ready. She's very close to coming back. I think it'll be later on this year. You do Norma Dumont versus the returning Jessica Rose Clark. That's fine fight. Yeah, yeah. She's a knee injury, right? She's dealing with a pretty knee, a knee injury. Yeah. yeah. Vegas versus yeah. Vegas training versus Vegas training. That's that's sure. totally fine with me. A little storyline there. A little. Uh, I like it. Interregional rivalry. But let us move like to it. the always exciting featherweight division. Uh, we got Ricardo Ramos. He defeats Bill Algio. And uh, <laughs> shout out to my buddy Daniel Levy from Half the Battle, who uh, who tweeted out. Something to the effect of, if you have some sort of variation of perfect in your nickname, Ricardo Ramos has your number. Because he's got a win over Mr. Perfect, Kyung Ho Kang, and then now Senor Perfecto, Bill Algio. But listen, that was a fun fight. Good win for Ramos. Featherweight is just a, 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 just a breath of fresh air right now. What would you like to see next for him after his victory last night? Yeah, and look, and Bill Algio's got to avoid the the Hicardos and the Ricardos because now that's uh, <laughs> lost to La- <laughs> Lamas and and uh, and Hamos. So, uh, very, yeah, some interesting name name coincidences there. Uh, I, Andre Feely, Andre Feely. I I think I like what I've seen from Hamos. I get it. He's he's got some serious like defensive deficiencies, but he's that kind of long rangey versatile featherweight that I like. I think he's just so 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 talented. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how close he. Maybe he's already at the, as best he's going to be. But if that's the case, then I think he's ready to challenge Feely now. I would favor Feely in that fight. But I, I, I think I like Feely being in that range of of yes. Sometimes you can throw him in there against top ten guys. But I also like being him being a bit of a test um, for some of these again talented guys who are still working on making a name for themselves. A bunch of other options, but Andre Feely would be was uh, was my uh, number one for now. Interesting. Uh, I'm not ready yeah. to go that high just yet, mm. uh, especially since Laurel Murphy, you know, kind of dominated him. I thought about this last week after 262 because we saw a really nice showing from Tucker Lutz. I thought the winner of this fight would be a nice step up for him after that win over Kevin Aguilar. So I'm going to kind of stick to my guns there. Ramos versus, or Hamos, excuse me, versus Lutz makes a lot of sense. Let's see how good Lutz is, and then Ramos can sort of continue to build his way up the division, and it just seems like a fun fight to me. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I have no idea what happened. It's one of those fights where I would have to really think about before I uh, would confidently, actually more unconfidently, make a pick for for all of you to see in here. Um, but let us head to Jack Hermanson, who opened up the main card. Great win over Edmund Shabazian after a tough first round. Hermanson is just so good, man, at, at making adjustments and just flipping that switch whenever he needs it. And he gets it done in the final 10 minutes. And he's in a bit of an interesting spot right now, AK. Not, you know, not as high up as Rob Font, but but kind of a similar spot where we have to wait and see how things play out, perhaps. So 
He's probably going to face one of the losers of the two August main events between Derek Brunson and Darren Till or Paulo Costa versus Jared Kane in the air because he ain't getting the Bobby Knuckles fight. I think he already knows he ain't getting the Bobby Knuckles fight, but I think that was a smart call out on his end in case maybe something triggers up and, you know, they need it. And Bobby Knuckles is just like, dude, I just want to fight. Get me in there with anybody. But uh, do you agree with that or are you going a different direction with Mr. Hermanson? I'm going a different direction, uh, but yeah, uh, Hermanson's smart. He knows he, he he's almost like Font. He's like he he knows what he has to wait for. He knows who's in the mix. He knows where he is in the mix. He doesn't want to fight Bank of the Rankings again, like Font. But there's a matchup which I think he would find intriguing. I think he would want to avenge his fellow veteran, his fellow uh, a man that he shared he shared the cage with, uh, and, and they had a great fight. I I wanted I'd wonder if he would take a fight with Andre Muniz. I, get, I think Munoz is becoming a bit of a boogeyman at 185. I do think uh, he, he people want, I mean, when you break Jacare's arm, probably not a lot of people rushing to get engaged with you. I think Hermanson would do it because he is a great grappler. I think it'd be a good matchup. So I'm, I am going outside the box. I think it's certainly more likely he gets matched up with one of the August uh, a big middleweight fight losers. But if I'm waving my matchmaker wand, I go Hermanson Munoz. Damn, that's fun. I like that. I like that. I don't know if it happens. Maybe if I think if if Muniz can bounce, if Muniz can come back like in the next six weeks and fight again and get another win, I think he gets that fight. I'd like to see one more victory out of him. Uh, but if he could, if, if he could, I mean, he wasn't in there very long. And he didn't take any damage. No. So if he could bounce back relatively quickly and get another win, I would love to see that fight. It would make a lot uh, a lot of sense. But uh, it is now time for our wild card selection. Oh, oh, wait, oh wait, 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 wait. Which do you, do you sorry? Do you have a preference of Brunson Till Coaster? I I would kind of rule out Cannoneer because I mean they, they sort of just fought though I, I'm sure uh, Hermanson would love that rematch but I I don't know if they would do that. But of the of those four, do you have a preference? Uh, should it, whoever loses, I'll I say whoever, I should say do you, who do you think is going to lose and who would he fight? I guess I'll say you know what I, I will take Paulo Costa versus Jared Cannoneer out of this equation. Mm. Whoever loses mm. Derek Brunson Darren Till fight, that'll be oh, the okay fight. okay okay. Uh, so if Darren, Till, I mean, if Darren Till loses, you throw him in there with Hermanson, um, and same same with Derek Brunson. But right, okay. So for check the tape purposes, I don't want to Uriah, I don't want to Uriah <laughs> Hall myself like I did the last time. And, that's and, and, all, this is, yeah, that's what this is all about, Mike. I really just wanted that for the record. Yeah, yeah and you know what's going to happen is something's going to happen, and Jack Hermanson's not going to fight Paul Acosta, and I'm going to look like an idiot again because I made the wrong decision. But <laughs> never, it's, never. <laughs> it's now time for. For the wild card round, we're going to choose a fighter we have not match made for yet, and we will do it now, as per usual. The Kenny Lofton of the program, Alex K. Lee, will lead us off. I will be the Roberto Alomar to either move you over to third or, or drive you in, my man. Who's your wild card pick coming out of UFC Vegas 27? Well, I don't think you want to be Roberto Alomar right now, unfortunately. Okay, damn it. A bit of a cloud hangover. Tony, at the moment. I, will, I, I will be Carlos Bayerga. Excuse there me. There we go. Much better, much better. Uh, I I hope you didn't go with Beast Boy Chris Barnett for your wild card. Go ahead. I did not. Did you? I did not. Okay, excellent. Okay, good. Look, I I saw uh, some someone say in the comments. Uh, I'll, I'll mess this guy a lot later. Liam Perry, one of our regular listeners. I saw him say, oh, Chris Barnett didn't look as good as we kind of been hyping up, had been hyping him up on some of the preview shows and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, look, I was a little disappointed, like we said. Not as showy as we had hoped. I thought he actually fought okay. He was hitting. He was actually hitting Rothwell a lot. But you could see Rothwell kind of knew exactly what what he what to expect. He was any shots he was taking. He wasn't like taking them hard. He kind of like you know he he he's he knows what, what uh he knows how to get hit. Let me put that. That's a nice way to put it for Ben Rothwell. So and look, and none of us were saying Barnett were, was going to uh, 
Well, I, I think might have picked him. Like, I did, did pick you, him. Did you pick Beast Boy? I did pick him. Yeah. But I yeah. as soon and as actually, he as soon as he walked to the octagon, I regretted my pick. Uh the, the energy. He wasn't giving off the right energy. Correct. But I actually didn't think he fought badly. And and I actually think he did show glimpses of kind of like for people who haven't heard of him before, of how like fun he can be. I, I liked the effort. And he looks so he's so small compared to Rothwell. <laughs> it was like comical. It was comical how much shorter he was. Oh my goodness. Uh so yeah, so I need uh and look, oh, let's give a hat tip to our buddy for this pick. Our buddy Craig Allen. Um he suggest he threw this out there, so I have to give uh Chris Barnett, Rock, Rocky Martinez. Yes, this is. I want this fight. Rocky Martinez is fighting Josh Parisian. He's got an upcoming fight with Josh Parisian, as uh, Liam Perry again reminded me. And I told him, I told him like, don't be that guy. Don't ruin this for us. So, uh, but yes, that fight exists. I'll say, I don't care, win or lose. I want Rocky Martinez to get another chance. Put him in there with Chris Barnett. Make this fight happen. It will be amazing. Yeah, I, I thought about that as well. I knew you were going to go with this exact that exact mm-hmm. pick. Um, I think Chris Barnett's arrival to the UFC gave Rocky Martinez a little bit of hope. Like I, I think I think win, lose, or tie, Martinez is fighting again because they're going to match him up with Chris Barnett. Or this happens in Ryzen. Or, or they set- both get, honestly, they both get released. And this happens in Ryzen next year. It, 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 it really doesn't matter. That fight has to happen at some point in any organization. They're both from. They both fought there. You know, let's go back. I have the fight there. Who cares? <laughs> yes. Um. Perhaps I'm cheating a little bit, but my mind was changed because normally on this program in this in this round, I I, I will take us on a journey. That is a guarantee. But I always stick with my own guns. And before we even did the post show last night, I had my wild card picked already selected. It was Cody Garbrandt versus Marab Dwalishvili. And I would still love very much so for that fight to happen. More so for Marab because the man deserves the chance to fight somebody in the top 10. And he deserves the opportunity to fight somebody with a pretty big name. And Cody Garbrandt would check all of those boxes. However, Jose Young's brought something to the table last night that I'm completely going to steal for this program. I shall give him the proper credit. So the proverbial hat tip to you, Jose Young's. But if Sean O'Malley beats Lewis Smoke on July 10th, and that is a big if, my friends. I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, this is a stupid fight. It's a layup for Sean O'Malley. I think you're crazy because if that guy that we always tout on this show, the full of potential, totally focused Lewis Smoke shows up, I think he gives Sean O'Malley all he can handle. Having said that, I still think Sean O'Malley will find a way to win that fight, even if the best Lewis Smoke shows up. But if he does get that victory, you do O'Malley Garbrandt 100. That is, that's the wild card pick. Thank you, Jose. I am going to take some credit after today, but right now, credit to Jose. That's that. That is the wild card pick. Do we have to credit Jose that much? Weren't they beefing before? Didn't hasn't there? There's been some Twitter beef well before this weekend. Crazy. They tweet words at each other. Cody and Sean O'Malley. I know Sean O'Malley took shots at him. I believe. Right, but just because just just because there's like rivalry doesn't mean that's the fight to make. Like I know, like Cody Garbrandt and Piotr Jan like had to be separated on a, like on a backstage skirmish that was cut on video, and never once did I ever say we need to see Piotr Jan versus Cody Garbrandt fight. No, we don't. I just don't, I, I just don't want to credit Jose. We've had too much New England New Englandishness on the show. <laughs> Rob Font is the star. Uh, you're here now. We're bringing in Jose. God, enough, enough. The New England cartel. Oh, what are, you try, what are you trying to say? I think I've said it. I don't think I'm trying to say were you, anything. I were, think were, I've you, said it. Were, were you celebrating the Brooklyn Nets last night? You know what? I'll, I'll just say quickly. I think that, that series is hilarious to me either way. If Brooklyn loses, funny. 
if uh, Boston loses, always good. So really, I'm I, again, I, I'd much rather the Raptors were in the playoffs, but seeing this kind of chaos is the next best thing. <laughs> Before you continue on with, with MMA conversation, I will say one thing. I think it, it, it right now, in May of 2021, I think the dumbest person in sports is Brad Stevens. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I didn't. I just watched the highlights of the game. Why? Why? What happened? It's nothing to do with the game last night. Brad oh. Stevens has been offered like so many jobs from like the oh. top college basketball programs in the country, where, uh, where, he, where he will make a a lot more money and b yes. have a lot more control and c not deal with the bullshit that he has to deal with in the NBA <laughs> yep. and with this organization. He should have. He should have gotten right out of there, and the Celtics would have let him go. Like he yep. might not have gotten like his full money, but the Celtics would have, and they were Celtics probably would have been pissed. Forget Danny Ainge; he makes terrible decisions, anyways. But Brad Stevens, if you're listening to me, dude, you blew it. You blew it. I I agree. For anyone who doesn't really pay attention or like are like casual basketball fans, NCAA like you're in in college. One, you're very well paid uh, generally, and two, you're like a god. Keep in mind, you're like a god on on in, when you're a university. Uh, in the NBA, it's the opposite. You are you are dealing with 12 to 15 people that are probably making way more money than you are and uh and all this management and yes a, a, a whole new fan base that does not care they do not have any affection for you they, they just want results right away so yeah i didn't even think about that but yes he should maybe go back to college uh at some point but i don't know maybe he believes in jalen brown comes back maybe he believes in this nucleus i'm sorry people don't want to hear about this now <laughs> yes but there you go brad i i i think you've done a term as 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 good as you could have done and uh this has been this has run. been sports talk with mike heck yeah, AK Lee. I wicked, wicked enjoy this conversation. But uh, <laughs> oh. do we have a? Do we have any of our? Yeah. Check the tapes or yeah. or a, a mic check as well, that's, perhaps. No, that's really more a check for both of us. This is more of an us check uh, for our for our stupid <laughs> Vanille Darius. Yes. Look, we gotta. First of all, for our logic was sound. If we're just talking about rankings and results and ignoring, you know, l- real life, this, <laughs> our logic was sound. But I, I know several people reminded me. I'm sure, I don't know if you got some messages too, Mike, that Dariush and Rafael Dos Anjos are very, very, very close friends. Uh, shout out to the MMA Heads Instagram account. I think they were the first to sort of send me a picture, the sort of Instagram picture from them last week saying like, oh, we're, you know, we're brothers. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't sound like they'd fight. And I think Dariush has said... I don't know if an interview or a tweet like this is the last guy in the world I'll ever fight. <laughs> We're very close, so so that we we got we we got de- de- deservedly checked for that one. Yeah, I, I and that's why I kind of like prefaced it last because I had no idea. I'm like, I, I know RDA used to train at Kings and then he left, so I didn't know if there was I didn't know they were like still BFFs. I didn't know we were dealing with like Zach Morris and AC Slater here. <laughs> Yeah, so there we go. So yeah, you know what, guys? Hey, we get some of these wrong. That's why that's why you're here to check us. So thank you for the check. Uh, I've got a couple of good reader picks that uh, reader slash listener picks that that uh, materialized. Mitchell Robinson Stan uh, picked Daniel Rodriguez versus Abubakar Namagomedov, which I believe is uh, is coming up soon. And then Michael Perigini, <laughs> he kind of laughed. He at his own pick, he was like he picked uh, Cheyenne Bays and Gloria DePaula, and I think he was just like he was just like. He he barely took pride in it. He was just like, yeah, <laughs> I, he, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Like, so, so well done, but well done, Michael. Either way, take pride in your picks. And uh, someone, I wish I could find the name. Uh, I I don't I don't know who who picked this, but someone did had Clay Guida versus Marco Madsen. Uh, so uh, listener, if you're out there and this is your pick, please remind me. I will I will look it up to verify. But I know someone had this. It wasn't me. I I don't think it was you, Mike. No. Uh, 
Yeah, someone had that. So that's a nice deep cut. Well done. Well done, whoever it is, mystery listener, who uh, who sussed that one out. And I also got I also got checked individually. Uh, oh. Me. <laughs> I mean, it was not really a check. I think I don't think. Uh, where is it? Zach? Zach Raby on Instagram said uh, he he breathes with my zombie boast of fight. He only because he thinks I think if zombie beats Ige. He would rather see zombie than get the Holloway fight, which I think is which I think is fair. Uh, so a little, I, I mean, I didn't really get checked for being wrong, but a little bit of a sorry. Just a, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? Why? Why should he? You're telling me the Korean zombie who just got whooped on for 25 minutes by Brian Ortega in the stand-up department, if he beats Dan Ige, should fight Max Holloway? Are you crazy? That's are you checking I'm, this? Listen- I'm checking, checking this listener. listener that's that's a that, that is a bad. If you're if you're gonna check my best friend, you best believe that I'm coming back if I don't agree with you. Oh, I, I understand. We're all friends here. I understand this affinity for for the Korean zombie. I love the man too. He's great. But to say that beating Dan Ige gets you Max Holloway after you just got you just got whooped on for 25 minutes by Brian Ortega. That is in this division. That's craziness. That is craziness. I would love to see the fight. It's just there's so many other guys at 145 who deserve that opportunity more than Korean Zombie does. Well, thank you for standing up for me, Mike. Uh, we, we'll, we'll have more from Zach later in the listener suggestions, but uh, but I thought I thought it was worth mentioning. And, and I don't think anyone would complain about a Zombie Holloway fight. No. but I get it. I get what you're saying. It seems like we're we're a few fights away from that ever uh, from that one happening. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Are we, uh, are we ready for the, for the peeps? Yes, the tapes have been checked. <laughs> All right, let us, uh, let us rifle through these from IG. Uh, Patrick Austin... I mean, this man might be the busiest listener in the history of on to the next one. I mean, after every fight, he comes through and just starts just rifling these off. So shout out to him. Uh, he starts off by saying, I do want to say Court McGee versus Nick Diaz just to get under your boy's skin, but I won't. So I'll go with Court McGee versus Gunnar Nelson. I have no idea what's happening with Gunnar Nelson. People ask me about him all the time. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got that too in the list of suggestions. I, I don't know if we have to put them on the do not suggest list, kind of like we had with Josh Emmett for a while. And like, yeah, I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's, again, COVID travel restrictions, visa stuff. But we may have to not be mentioning uh, Gunnar Nelson's suggestions. That's that's uh, 
with again, no disrespect to Gunner. It's just you know when he, I think when he fights again, he is when he fights. I don't I don't think we can really predict matchups for him right now. I uh, said Demir versus Kevin Lee. That is not going to happen because it appears that Kevin Lee has his next fight at 170 pounds. Uh, we have confirmed one side of that report. Take that with uh, for however you would like. Uh, and no date yet. I haven't seen any date anywhere for that. Uh, I've been told July 10th is the targeted date. UFC 264. Oh, okay. Uh, Edmund Shabazian versus Calvin Gaslam. And then he, oh, okay, there you go. He said, forgot Kevin Lee was going to welterweight scratch that. Demir versus Drakkar Close was his new, uh, his new selection. He also yeah. went with Chris Barnett yep. versus Rocky Martinez, Ben Rothwell versus Marcos, uh, Rogero de Lima. He said, I really want to see Carla versus Mackenzie Dern in a number one contenders fight. Tatiana Suarez, we miss you. And then he said, Cody should drop down, should drop to 125. And fight Joseph Benavidez. Yes, let's discuss that one now. I also got that one. Uh, so, so they obviously they were friends once. I imagine right. they're probably still friends. However, uh, I know Garbrandt did express a little. This is a long time ago now. It was like at least like five years ago. Uh, he did express a little bit of being cheesed when you know uh, Benavidez went up to Elevation to go train with uh, with Dillashaw. I guess I, I think they're also still kind of chummy. Um, so there's friendship there, uh, but I don't know. There might also be a little bit of heat there. And Garbrandt also trains. I know he's an alpha male guy, but also trains with Mark Henry as well, right? He's kind of he did this. I think he's done his couple of camps with Mark Henry now. Yeah, Mark so was in like the a, last night. Right. So there's like some degrees of separation there. I I I thought it was a weird suggestion at first, but like I said, I had seen someone else mention it. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I don't know if they're again. I don't know if they're RDA Dariush close. You know what I mean? So yeah. Not a, not the worst suggestion. Yeah, uh, our man Harper. Oh, my apologies, Harper. He's got to check the tapes as well. Um, Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai was his selection from a while back. Who was this? Who was this listener? Uh, Harp, Harper. Okay, I, I uh, at Harper H H A R P U R H. He suggests Cody versus Marais if he doesn't drop to twenty five. Jan Janan versus Michelle Waterson since they're both coming off of a oh. recent loss. I thought about that. Uh, and then he said either Rothwell or Vendera versus Juan Espino. And then he suggests David Dvorak versus Kai Kara Franz, which would be a fun mm, fight. Damn. That's a fun Sorry. fight. Uh, Jack Porter, our longtime listener. Uh, Rothwell versus Romanoff. That's not a bad idea. That would be kind of interesting, I honestly. I, I got that one too, and I was. It made me think. Does Rothwell? They've been pretty good about not using Rothwell as like a gatekeeper guy, right? He always seems to find himself in. He's in weird fights know, all the like, time. He's in weird fights, right? But I never feel like they put him in there as that guy to build up another prospect. This would be like the first time, in a way. Yeah, we should look it up. All right, it might like happen his last fight. And I'm completely forgetting, but I do feel like he normally avoids that situation, and this would be the first time where I would see that booking back. Like, oh, they're trying to make use him to get uh, Romanov moreover, but yeah. Uh, he said Hermanson versus the winner of Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. Uh, Dumont versus Nunes if they run out of things to do for Amanda. Court McGee versus Mike Perry. I saw that a lot. That's Yeah, and Vandera versus uh, Danho, which is one of your suggestions. Uh, did I get anything on... Oh, I did. Holy cow. Wow, I missed a lot of these. As Twitter DMs? Yeah, I, I just I just saw them right now. Our man Aussie Dad gotcha. bloke. There we go. My my apologies. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, he calls us the MMA podcast A Team, AK. And that's well pretty done. much a guarantee to get you on the program. Uh, Robbie Ryan, <laughs> uh, he goes, Dumont, Dumont won a featherweight fight, so uh, she's now the number one contender. <laughs> uh, Vandera, tough dude who can strike, step up to someone who will return fire like Todd Duffy or Walhash. By the way, Todd Duffy, guy looked like he was, he was, he was in Daytona Beach at 19 years of age. People- <laughs> I, I should remember who tweeted this or was this oh no was it in our slack that someone said this that he looked like he looked like James Franco in Spring Breakers <laughs> got it yeah I'll take the, I, I, I could take credit for that one so was it you Mike that said that that was me that was me oh uh, a very, very a accurate. very gigantic <laughs> very gigantic James Franco in uh <laughs> yeah but Vendera versus Todd Duffy would be pretty interesting Walt Harris of course is fighting next week uh, against Marcin Tybora. Uh, Carlos Barza earned her title shot. Rob Font's going to have to wait for Sterling and Jan to sort things out and either fight the Sandhagen Dillashaw winner or stay ready and hope for an injury replacement or possible interim shot if Sterling is out for too long. And then uh, <laughs> with a winky face attached, Cody Garbrandt has obviously earned a title shot at 125 pounds. <laughs> That's so funny. That's very I wish, funny. I wish we were kidding. I, I still feel like there's a chance they would just throw him in there, but gosh, I hope not. Uh, Alec Inilian, uh, Isma Gulov versus Joe Selecki. What do you think about that? I like it. I think, oh gosh, did I see that for him? I know I saw Selecki's name pop up. Yes, I, 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 yeah, I saw that. I nodded my head. I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good test for, uh, Selecki right now. And for as uh, Magulov, like I said, I think he's one win away from getting like a considerably higher ranked person. So yeah, that's, that to me, I have no issue with that. Yeah, I'm going to go through these and try not to repeat. Uh, Brunson versus Hermanson. Uh, Ramos versus or Ramos, excuse me, against Darren Elkins. Rothwell versus the winner of Alir Latifi versus uh, Tanner Bozier, AK. Yep, yep. Uh, I would, oh God, I would love to see Rothwell and Latifi. Oh my gosh, the memes, the memes. Alec also not giving Carlos Esparza a title shot. Dang, but he's also he's booking the fight that I would have booked or at least tried to book. Uh, before this fight with Jan Janan, Esparza versus Yuani and Jacek. Yeah, and look, and look, I'm not even blaming. Uh, I'm not even blaming the listeners for who are like who are skip who are passing over that because again, I think they're well. I think they've done the thinking we have, and they're thinking like we got to find other options for Esparza if they pass if they pass her over for the title shot, which it sounds like Dana White is considering it. Yeah, and if I'm her, I'm not fighting anybody unless it's for the belt. No, uh, no. Brandon Nunez, Brandon Allen versus Edmund Shabazian, Hermanson versus loser Bronson Till, Esparza versus Rose. There you go. Uh, Jan versus Nina Nunez. Cody versus Marab or Marlin. And then he likes Font versus Piotr Jan. Maybe for an interim title. But we'll see how that yeah, all plays out. I would have to be. Uh, Jake Marshall, Vandera versus Dano. Another one for that. Uh, yeah. Font versus the loser of Sanhagen Dillashaw. There you go. Uh, let's see. Poppy Bryant. Hermanson versus loser, Brunsetil. Uh, Ramos versus the Ramos versus the winner of Minner versus Elkins. So there's another one there. Dumont versus Daniel Wolf because there's nothing Who else? else. Who else? <laughs> uh, come, come back. Save us, Leah Letson. Right, save, save, save us. Save us division. <laughs> uh, Evan Rodriguez agrees with you, AK. Jack Hermanson versus Andre Muniz. Yeah, our man Evan Rodriguez. I really think I really think he would take it. Evan Rodriguez, I really like this suggestion. Bruno Silva versus Manel Cop. I saw that a lot. I do think that's the one to make. That's I think that's the way to go. Yeah, 
Uh, Josh Kulabaugh versus Danny Chavez. Just inject oh, wow. that. Inject yeah, that. Love it. Uh, we already got that. Cody Garbrandt versus Jimmy Rivera. Yes. Uh, someone made a note to me. It was like, that's one fight that he kind of, you, it looked like it would have happened if, if Cody hadn't risen through the ranks so quickly. He kind of like skipped over that fight. So that's, yeah, that's one where I think I'd still like to see it happen. Uh, Zach Andrews, Hamos versus Gavin Tucker. I'm fine with that. Yep. That's a fine fight. Uh, Joker, an another Hermanson versus Strickland Hall winner. Another vote for Silva versus Cop. Zach Andrews says, call me crazy. And when you say call me crazy, you know something was wild is coming. Vandera versus Alexander Gustafson. I think Gus is another guy we're going to have to remove from this like this discussion on the show because we just don't know one when he's fighting again. Is he going back to light heavyweight? Is he going to fight it? Continue fighting in heavy? We don't know, right? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, he I says like he's Don coming back, so where I have no clue. I like Don Gus's name out there. It's just he's such a mystery. I don't know. I feel like he's a guy again. We can mention him. We can mention him on every episode, but we're never going to make any. We're never going to get it right. Right. Uh, and our friend Francis Francesco from Italy. Thank you for checking out the program. Uh, Vendera versus Jake Collier, win or lose, no matter what happens there. Uh, oh, he's fighting uh, Felipe. Yeah, so if yeah. no matter what happens right, right. versus Vendera. Uh, Hamos versus the winner of Herbert Burns versus Billy Q. Fine fight. I think too much. I, th I think they're a step above him. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I think they're, they're a notch above him. I think whoever, like, I mean, whoever wins that, I think. It deserves even higher up in the cards so, on the rankings. Another vote for Dvorak versus Kaikar France. Uh, Jan Janan versus the winner of Amanda Hibas versus Angela Hill. Yeah, uh, uh, Angela would love to fight uh, Jan Janan again if she beat Hibas, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, rematch. Uh, he, he likes title fight. Just do Joanna versus Zhang Weili rematch. But here's, we will end it with this before we turn it over to you and, and the rest of the peeps. For Norma Dumont. He's not suggesting a move to 35. He's not suggesting fight Amanda Nunes. He's not suggesting fight in the UFC. He's suggesting go to Bellator and fight Katzengano in a title eliminator. So this is for Norma Dumont? For Norma Dumont. I mean, if she was a free, I don't think she's a, I don't think she fought out her contract. So. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Listen, I don't mind it. Listen, if, if Norma Dumas it. went up to the UFC and said, can you let me out of my contract? I have a hard time believing they're going to like beg her to stay. I think I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just the way that it is. She's not a big star for them. She's not like generating a lot of dollars and ratings. At least, I mean, she could. Maybe they see something in her and she's a good fighter. She's going to get better. Maybe she's a killer at 135. Oh, another suggestion from two listeners ago was Dumont versus Julia Avila, which would be a fine fight. Um, I believe, although it hasn't been officially announced yet, the plan, at least as like around a month ago, was to rebook the Avila Stoliarenko fight for June 26. Now, I know that hasn't been officially announced, uh, but I know that was the plan to try to rebook that one. So if for some reason. That fight doesn't happen, or Stoliarenko can't make it for whatever reason. Yeah, if you want to throw Numan in there, I don't know if she can make 135 in a month, but or five weeks, but maybe she could. Who knows? I think it's gonna take her a while before she gets to 135, unless the UFCPI works some miracles with her. Uh, the Stoliarenko Avila fight was that the one? It didn't. It fell through because Stoliarenko. She's the one who like scale. fell on the scale. Yeah. Oh gosh, I felt I feel so long ago now. I guess it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was rough. Hopefully she. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that does get rebooked and everything's okay. Uh, okay, well, uh, so 
I'll, I'll run down quickly some of the, I mean, some of you already mentioned, just these are the most popular ones. So like I said, if Mike already said some of them, so you can guess how popular these were. I think, I think Font versus Aldo Munoz winner on August 7th, that was actually more popular than uh, Font facing either Dillashaw or Sanhagen. Maybe because more people are thinking the Dillashaw Sanhagen winner uh, is going to move on to a title fight, which I actually agree with. So yeah, Font versus Aldo Munoz makes a lot of sense. That was probably the most popular uh, listener suggestion I saw. Asparza versus Namajunas was almost unanimous, other than for the reasons we mentioned. You know, people, I think people thinking that she might not get the uh, the fight and Namajunas is going to rematch uh, Zhang, which shouldn't happen, but if it does, um, yeah, there's some good Asparza options. But otherwise, for the most part, all I saw was Asparza. Namajunas has to happen. Let's be serious. And for Cody, yes, there was Devalish for these suggestions, but I think most people want to see the rematch with Cruz, which I'm very much down with. I'm down. Uh, I don't know if it'll be. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be next. I just I do think that there's a chance they fight each other again before it's all said and done. I would hope another five rounder. I'd really want to see that headline of fight night. Uh, rematch the three rounder would kind of defeat the purpose of it. Uh, Jan versus Marina Rodriguez was a big one. Vendera Daniel, Vendera uh, Felipe Linz. Uh, you said Hamos Tucker. Yep, a lot of people said that. And also Hamos Omar Morales I saw a couple of times. How do you hmm. feel about, uh, I think you might have mentioned this as well, Hermanson Rockholds. We like it, right? I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's, I, I, I understand Luke Rockhold is a former champion and all, but like, w- w- when was the last time he's won a fight? Oh, dear. I mean, it's been a it's, while. It's, it's, I mean, he's been out for a while. It's been a while. Yeah. He lost uh, a bunch at 85. Then he got knocked unconscious by Jan Bohovich. September 16th. 2017. Okay, TKO of, of David Branch, and that's his. And that's one. That's he's actually. That's like he's one and three in his last four, because then he lost to Bisping, of course, the title fight, and then uh, before that was the Chris Weidman win, which is all the way back in December 2015. Yeah, and so look, two wins, two wins in 2015. Listen, I and if Luke Rockle, like if you're gonna go after this thing, like go after the big fish, like I, I fine, fine, but. To sit there and just be like, these guys should fight me. Like, are you serious? Like, it's just, it drives you crazy. Like, Jack Hermanson, like, like this isn't 2019, bro. Like, Jack Hermanson's not, like, clamoring to fight Luke Rockhold right now. Like, there's just, mm. I feel like he's, and I like Luke. If Luke wants to come on, what the heck, and call me out, I'm down. But to, to, to for Luke to be firing out these demands... It's just it's asinine to me. It's insane. I, I think he's more likely, uh, Hermanson is more likely to fight Muniz than he is to fight Rockhold. 100%. I think that's, yeah, a more appealing matchup for him right now. It may be more dangerous, but I think more appealing. And I said this, um, on, the, and I, uh, but, and then, uh, and I said this on the post-fight show. I would like to see Edmund Shabazian fight Luke Rockhold because I think he would beat Luke Rockhold. I think he would beat him. I do. I, I, I would favor Edmund Shabazian in that fight. I would assume that they're going to stand there and trade, and I'll take Edmund Shabazi in, in a stand-up war with Luke Rockhold, who hasn't won a fight in four years right now. I would. Now, if Rockhold's smart, he takes the fight to the ground and tries to smother him out, but Luke's not that kind of a guy. He doesn't like to sit there and take you down and try to grind out a decision, which means he's going to try to stand there with Edmund Shabazi, and I don't f- feel like that's going to go very well for him. So take that fight, Luke. Go fight Edmund Shabazi. Wow. Going down the gauntlet for him. Uh, more popular than that pick was the Hermanson versus Hall Strickland winner August 7th. So, yeah, I know a lot of people mentioned that one, which I love. Which Yeah, I, th- I actually think that, that'd be awesome. 
Um, so, yeah, totally down for that fight. Uh, Rothwell versus Bozo Latifi winner. June 5th was popular. Rothwell versus Spino was popular. Silva versus Jeff Molina. Bruno, sorry, I should be clear. Bruno Silva versus Jeff Molina. And Bruno Silva versus uh, Mateus Nicolau. His popular picks for him. And uh, Dvorak versus Bonturin. So, there you go. Those are sort of the most popular consensus picks. I want to shout out a couple of uh, uh, listeners, first-time pick makers. Brett Mobley... Uh, who just in his bio has CSU class of 23, which I assume means Colorado State. So uh, shout-outs to the Rams, I guess. If not, then shout-out to the Rams anyway. Uh, and he liked that Font versus Sterling Yon loser. Again, that could be a long wait. He was uh, one of the other people who suggested Garbrandt versus Benavidez. Hermanson, Brendan Allen, Grappler's Delight. Uh, how do you feel about this one? He had two, and he had, he had two suggestions I like. Well, we mentioned Silva versus Manel Cape. Perfect. Uh, Edmund Shabazian versus Sam Alvey. Hmm. I love it. I love it because I'm, Sam I still in the it. UFC. Oh, I, I think so. Uh, because he was uh, what happened? He just fought at middleweight, right? He just got knocked out by Julian Marquez. He did. I believe he is still part of the UFC. Yes, I'm. I'm fine with that. Like if if yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Like Sam's never in a boring fight, so like. I could see like them keeping him around. It's not like I mean he's losing and he's losing in pretty devastating fashion, but he's like he's in fun fights and he still still kind of has a name that mm-hmm. there's, there's there's respect behind it. So yeah, yeah, that's not that's not a bad idea. Yes, those are the kinds of veteran names and even Rock Holders you mentioned that I want to see Shabazzian matched up with. I think again, I think Hermanson, I think Brunson may be a bridge too far for him right now. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for those suggestions, Brett Mobley, Braden O'Neill, another first timer, sent me a nice screenshot of his notes, his uh, as opposed to writing it down, which is fine. Hmm. Um, Rothwell versus Romanov, uh, Shabazzian versus Kevin Holland. You know what? I was just thinking, I, someone had just sent me that one as well, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I mean, wh- I don't know why I hadn't thought of it. Yeah, I don't know why not. I don't know why not. I mean, it would be unfortunate if uh, both these guys had to take another L because it would be three straight then it would put one of those guys on a three fight losing streak right yeah that's yeah which is which again is i think at this stage in their careers is fine you're like i i I, i'm i'm of the belief that you're like losing streaks are not i i know there's almost sort of an unwritten rule in people's minds like oh three straight losses the ufc you're you get cut you know unless you're unless you're a veteran you've been around for like 20 you know 15 20 fights but i i don't think it has to be a death sentence i think like i said those three straight losses of anything lead to a recalibration and like of, of where you are in the rankings, which is fine. That's you can course correct, right? You can create proper matchups to build people back up. So I'm surprised I didn't think of that one. So Braden O'Neill, I really like that suggestion. If it happened, I would not be surprised. Uh, unless Holland, of course, drops to 170. But if he stays at 185, yeah, Shabazzian. I don't know, Mike. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, seems like a risky fight just because I feel like the UFC has something with Kevin Holland and maybe a potential star. So I, I mean, and then you get Shabazian, who is listen. He's twenty three years old. Like he's lost two in a row. The kid is a stud. Like for as far as a prospect goes, super young in his career. Be tough, like sending one of those guys on a three fight skid. I think you want to try to set them up for success at this point. And put them against somebody that each of them can beat and try to build them back up. But if they make it, I'm watching. That's a fun fight. 
Yeah, that, that 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 that's just good thinking. Yeah, again, like I don't like I don't know about the I disregard the losing streaks. Like I said, it's a fun fight. I think it's a logical matchup. I'm I'm down with it. Uh, Michael Perugini always coming in with good stuff. Jared Vandera versus Rafael Pizzoa, and he kind of simplified the math for Bob Font, just saying Font versus either Jan Sanhagen, Dillashaw, whichever one isn't getting a title shot. So I guess that'd be I mean directly be two of them wouldn't be getting a title shot soon. But yes, pretty much whoever's free, whoever of those three is free. Doesn't doesn't matter win lose whatever. Uh, Thomas Collins is Magulov versus Brad Riddell, Drew Dober winner. There's a lot in is Magulov. As Magulov, I, it's a shame we didn't talk about him more because he was the opening fight. I thought he looked really good against Rafael Alves, and again, is one of those sleeper guys who I think like uh, one or two fights away from us going like, holy crap, this guy could be like a top five, like a top five lightweight. Again, he has to, he has to get the names for sure, but he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> It looks real good. He's won like 18, I think 18 straight fights or something for, on the UFC in the lightweight. Um, sorry, where was I with this? Uh, uh, Dvorak, Nikolaou. Uh, he says Paiva should go up to bantamweight, uh, like Bontarine. I'm pretty sure Bontarine was just a one-off. I think him and Chanel, it was just because their fight was really quickly booked. I don't think I don't think that was a permanent move to... Um, to 135, but I, I understand what they're saying. Uh, Paiva go up, I agree. Yeah, and uh, they wanted Lee Shamaya, but as we've said previously, uh, we pretty sure Lee is going to fight Brady on what, what, what was it? Is it July? July 10th. July, working for July 10th. UFC right? 264. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you go. So uh, so that can't happen, but I guess someone to drop a Shamaya bomb. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> Nate Andrews, uh, what did I like here from? Oh, Garbrandt versus Mon Marais. I know you mentioned that. Uh, he said, "Screw it, Vendera versus Rothwell." I think that's probably way too soon for Vendera, uh, given their relative gap in UFC experience. And he also liked, oh, <laughs> all right, I made a note to read this one because, yes, this another man, part of the Rocky versus Chris Barnett gang. He said, literally, no fight pick is more important than Chris Barnett versus Rocky Martinez. <laughs> Nothing can be more important than that fight. Nothing under the sun. It would be like watching bull walruses. Is that a thing, a bull walrus? It I'm is. Google that it after. is now. <laughs> I can already picture what it looks like. It'd be like watching bull walruses fight over a patch of sea ice in a David Attenborough documentary. That fight absolutely <laughs> must happen. We need Barnett Martinez. And then I, I, I did tell him that uh, about the Parisian fight. And we said, it can, and this is where we said, you know, it can, it can happen in Ryzen. If, if it, it'll, it'll happen somewhere. Ryzen, UFC, it'll happen somewhere. So uh, Nate Andrews and a lot of others, we all want this one. Uh, Jack Harris just says Rothwell Abdurakhimov. I, for some reason, I thought it happened. But... You think? Do you, do you think Abdur Rahim is on different on a different track right now? I don't know. Let's get. I have to. Eh. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, is Magalov versus Leonardo Santos? I like that one too. Again, as Magalov really his matchmaking open, uh, options are pretty wide open now because then he's four and zero, but he hasn't really faced a big name yet. So I, I'm honestly not sure where they'll go with him, but I do like. People suggesting kind of veterans who are not like top 15, so like Leonardo Santos would fit that bill. Yeah. Um, Hayes the third, uh, Dvorak versus Machnell. Yep. Again, D- D- Dvorak, another guy on this card who you know improved his undefeated UFC record and is has all these uh, excuse me matchmaking options. Marcus McGahey says, uh, "I'm pretty sure Ricardo Ramos is sorry, Ricardo Ramos is Cody Stamen's Brazilian half brother." I mean, just did you say Cody Stamen or Cody Garbrandt? So I should read this. I should read this correctly. Uh, Marcus, <laughs> he said, "I'm pretty <laughs> it does sure." Does look like Stamen? Yeah. Does he? I didn't get that at all. Okay, I don't know. Maybe that that one. That's what I was going to ask you. It does. Does Ricardo Hamos look like Cody Stamen? Uh, I mean, it, 
I can see it a little bit. I mean, just take the mustache off of him. Look around the eyes? I don't know. All right. Uh, hair? I, you know what? Listeners, you decide. Let us know if, if you think that uh, that Marcus is completely on base here, and I'm the crazy one uh, for not seeing it. He, Court McGee, this was an odd matchup, versus Carlston Harris. Wow. It's like a 19 UFC, 18 UFC fights versus one? <laughs> I don't know. It could be a fun matchup. I don't know. Maybe he meant another. No, he said C. Harris. Is there another C. Harris at welterweight? No, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, let me just quickly... Yeah, Carlson Harris, and there's Walt Harris, a heavyweight. Okay. Uh, he also asked, is there a reason that McGee and Matt Brown haven't fought? We've actually discussed this matchup on the show before, for sure. Uh, obviously, both guys have great stories overcoming uh, drug addiction, and I'm, and I'm sure that's something that uh, that the UFC and ESPN could could you know could use as sort of an inspirational uh, tale behind uh, if you to build up a fight between them. But uh, do we know why they haven't fought, Mike? Is there any reason? Timing and yeah, I just, sometimes just matchups don't happen. Yeah, spots in the rankings, I guess. Yeah, and then he said. Uh, so he said he he he'd like to see that. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. Uh, I love this idea, Bruno, Bruno Silva. If if Tyson Nam beats Ulan Bekov, Silva versus Tyson Nam, I think that's great. I think we should do Silva Nam and Cap in a in a triple threat match. Yes, yes. There's a again. Look, we always say just flyweight. I don't know how a lot of these matches are going to shake out, but there's just so much good stuff. Uh, Josh Kulabau versus Jonathan Pierce. Yes, again, Josh Kulabau is a really fun fire to watch. A lot of fun matchups. Is Magula versus Grant Dawson. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah? Do you think Grant Dawson would want to take... What's, what's what was Grant's last fight? That was the the last second knockout of... Um, of Santos. Of Santos, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think this is a logical test for him then. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Liam Perry coming in with Ismagalov versus Nazar Hakparast. He believes David Dorak, he said, has won the Alex Perez sweepstakes. I think that's a little too high for David Dvorak right now. I do not. I don't. I don't. You think I, that could happen? I, it's possible. I that's. I wouldn't be against it. Like that is that. That's not an absurd pick. Like Dvorak. Dvorak's legit, man. And he's kind of in that like Marab boat, where it's just he just beats whoever they put in front of him, and it's going to be hard for him to get a name unless you just give him one and just see how he does. Uh, Kulabau versus Julian Arosa, Sung Woo Choi winner, June 19th. Uh, uh, Court That's McGee fun. versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, Sh- <laughs> I hate this one. He wants he wants uh, Shabazian to get Mooney's. No. <laughs> why? Why? <So> what? <laughs> why would hates, you do that? Maybe he hates Edmund Shabazian. <laughs> he must. <laughs> Let's throw him in there with another absolute killer on the ground yeah we're not no we're not we're, we're avoiding grapplers at all costs here people sorry, i shouldn't have read it out i shouldn't have read it out uh hamos versus alex casera sure alex casera will not fight anybody uh just a few more to go here barry o'reilly is my last twitter one uh is magalov versus admin is like man there's so much it was Mag- good for you is magalov for yes him out there cool versus benitez uh mcgee versus i think you said this one mcgee versus gunner nelson right yeah and we're just like, we're just like I, we just don't know uh uh, Vandera versus Mays, Font versus oh he he specifically wants Font versus Dillashaw uh, if Sanhagen wins because uh, uh, sorry let me rephrase this if Sanhagen wins he doesn't want to see Sanhagen fight Font he just believes Sanhagen should move on to a title shot uh, and if Dillashaw wins he believes Dillashaw should have to fight Font before getting the title shot a lot of people not happy with the the drug suspension and then you know possibly being uh, one fight away I, I totally understand sure. Email boys, I got a couple. Tristan Gordet always coming in with good stuff. This was an odd one though. Uh, Asparza versus Tisha Torres. 
they fought on uh, in the Ultimate Fighter 20 tournament. Uh, as far as it won a majority decision, I don't think it would. I don't, I, I mentioned the matchup because obviously I don't think it'll happen next. But I do think that rematch does happen sometimes. So I don't think it's a bad fight idea. I think it's a cool fight. It'll happen in 2026. Oh, jeez. Uh, in the PFL. <laughs> Uh, Justin, <laughs> it'll be it'll be the co-main event to uh, to Chris Barnett versus Rocky Martinez and Ryzen. Oh, it's gonna happen. Well, the rematch because that fight's happening again. That fight's happening yes. soon. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Vendera versus uh, Felipe Collier, loser. Uh, he says Collier and Vendera, Vendera sounds like a fight that I wouldn't be able to look away from. Just the type of terrible striking defense that makes for a fun fight. What a ringing endorsement. <laughs> It's a and Jed Mishu special right there. Hamos versus Feely or Pineda. Uh, so let's close out with some Instagrams. Again, a lot of these are repeated. So guys, if I don't read your suggestions. Uh, oh, I didn't read the disclaimer at the beginning. It's fine. I'll read yeah, it next you're time. Good. People can, people, you guys, you guys know the disclaimer now. I'll read the next episode. Uh, Michael Conifrey, uh, Dvorak. Uh, he says Dvorak versus Joe B. So man, people have high. I know. Again, Do flyweights, it. Oh man. Do it. Flyweights, flyweight's not the deepest division. Uh, so I get it. If you're three and oh, you're going to have to get a jump up in competition at some point and, and you know, why not Benavidez? Why not a um, Alex Perez? It's true. It, it could happen. Uh, Garbrandt versus Stamen uh, for some Cody on Cody action, which is just fantastic. You got me. You got me, Michael Conifrey. Well done. Here, this is a first, first time first time contributor. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Uh, Brandon Haley, Garbrandt versus Kyler Phillips if Kyler Phillips beats Asun Sao July 24th. Too soon? No. No, I don't think so. Not at all? Not at all. I think Kyler's. I think Kyler's a problem, man. Yeah, yeah, he is seriously. And uh, and Brandon Haley had a question for us, Mike. He just wants to know about a takedown defense. He says in a close round striking, if a fighter, let's say, has ten takedowns and only gets two, does, should his opponent get any sort of credit for stuffing the other eight takedowns that didn't do any damage, didn't result in any significant like position change? Do you think that defense should matter in the judge's eyes? No, and I don't think take. I don't yeah. think I don't think takedowns should matter all that much either, just because. Hey, right. And I remember this is this is like a long time ago. Damon Martin, when I used to have my old podcast, used to come on all the time after pay per views, and we would talk about takedowns and and the importance of them. And he said something like before the the commissions like changed the rules and stuff that always stuck out to me. Like, if you take a guy down and you just lay on top of him for three minutes. Like you're literally just standing. It's like it's like you're standing up and no one's throwing a punch, because it's the same yeah. thing. Because it's just, yep. it's the same thing as being on the ground is the same thing as being on the feet. If you don't do anything with it, it doesn't count for anything. So, like, that's like saying that if Rob Font threw a right hand and Cody got out of the way of it and moved, should we give Cody points for for getting out of the way and you know using good head movement? So I understand where the question's coming from. I just feel like there's too much emphasis being put on <laughs> takedowns in general in MMA at this point. Too much, yeah. Too much emphasis, you might say. Yeah, um, like, like for for example, I thought, <laughs> I, I thought Josh Kulaba won the first round, even well, though that's, he, that's yeah, expressly, yes, that's what this question is referring to. He said, "I.e., Kulaba uh, nerd and BK round one." Yeah, I absolutely gave the first round to Kulaba. Yeah, just the last thirty seconds, just him landing those shots won him the round. Doesn't matter, yeah. like it doesn't matter what happened the rest of it. Kulaba landing those shots in the last 25, 30 seconds won him the round, in my opinion. Yeah, and we're not crediting Kulaba for the defense. Obviously, not getting taken down is good. It's for the damage he was able to do certainly when he, was, when he wasn't fighting off takedowns. That's that's really what we're scoring there. But it's a, it's a it's a good question. I agree. And, and, and you mentioned the dodging and punches thing. I, st I still feel like that's how the Cruz Dillashaw fight was decided. I think the the judges were so dazzled by the punches that um, like Cruz was like dodging 
that they like gave him credit for like style. Like, you know, he was, that was like prime cruise. He was like dodging punches. He looked amazing. And I'm like, he's still getting like, he's still like not necessarily throwing anything back in some of these exchanges. It was a close fight. Don't get me wrong. But I still think Dillashaw, I'll always think Dillashaw won that fight. I just think Dillashaw did a lot more. But because not all of it was hitting, I think the judges were like, oh, yeah, like Cruz is, Cruz is making a miss. And I'm like, OK, that's one part of the fight. That's not that's not scoring. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Crediting defense, I think, is something sometimes people do that. Uh, and you really you probably shouldn't. I think it's fair to say you really shouldn't put too much uh, em- emphasis on, uh, on on defense. But but a fair question. Uh, Zach Raby, I mentioned it before, coming in with Hamos versus Londa Venata, which I like, but sure. I still think. But I'm holding out for Venata and Jordan. But that is a good matchup. Uh, Jacob Best, longtime contributor. Uh, Van der Rohe versus Chase Sherman. <laughs> now I'm messing up the emphasis and everything. And uh, his Magdalene versus Al Iaquinta. He feels very strongly about this. He says, don't scoff. I Were you scoffing, Mike, at Esmagalov versus Al Iaquinta? No. No, we're not scoffing. That's a preemptive, preemptive don't scoff. But um, Al, I, I think Ally Quinta is also approaching the ban list. Oh, we can't mention We just don't know when he's fighting again. He says, uh, Demir 3026, the currently ranks Tiago Moises for his hiatus, his hiatus and is incredibly talented. I think he deserves a lower ranked name like Al, who probably shouldn't be ranked anyway, based on inactivity anyhow. Yes, and probably shouldn't be uh, on our show anymore, frankly. I don't think I don't think he's going to cry. Uh, Al's going to feel too sad about it. Uh, MMA heads, I got to give them a lot of credit. Dumont versus Montano, that'd be like a huge size difference, I feel like. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Poor Nico. Rothwell versus, Rothwell versus Pavlovich, Kulabal versus Damon Jackson. These are all fuckups. Uh just rebook uh, Dvorak versus Paiva. And is Isma- oh, I like this one. Man, so many good is Magalov fights. Is Magalov versus Alexander Hernandez. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't like yeah. Hernandez's chances in that fight. Let's close out with Matt Bradbury, always bringing the heat on IG. Is Magulov versus Armin Sarukian? I don't like this matchup for some reason, but I could see it being made. Uh, Kulabao versus Mctrezano. <laughs> this I had. This is like the worst. This next one is like the worst. I don't know why this was suggested, but I had to bring it up. <laughs> Victor Rodriguez versus Manel Cape. <laughs> I guess we look. Hey, we've been saying we've been saying Manel Cape needs a win against an opponent he can style on. With respect to Victor Rodriguez, I I do think Cape would pick up a pretty big win if they were if they were matched up but uh, i don't think victor will be with the ufc after this weekend uh happy trails victor get healthy get back in that regional scene build that record up hopefully we see you uh in the ufc or on another major major league again um dumont versus lad uh chiasen winner uh just they're fighting on july 24th i think both whoever wins that fight's probably closer to a top five opponent than uh top five than top two featherweight norma dumont um font oh font versus dominic cruz no. Okay, that's it. Done. Uh, no, I just, then, listen, listen. If if <laughs> if if the UFC offered him Cruz for like last night, would have made a lot more sense. But after like after beating Cody the way he did, like that's just a fun fight. Like it's a fun fight. Like if he goes and fights for the belt and loses, then you can do that fight. But nah, just you, you can't do that right now. And Matt coming in with the Bellator picks. That's right, guys. Come on, we had a Bellator card on Friday. Cyborg versus Kat Zingano. And by the way, credit to, Z- to Cyborg for the call-out. A lot of people are like, why should you call out Kat Zingano? Guys, that's probably the matchup they're going to make anyway. She knows that. This is called building up a fight. Uh, and and any 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 interest you can kind of drum up in it, because again, she's Cyborg. The chance of anyone beating her, besides not named Men and Unions, is slim. You have to do it. So Cyborg, good job building up that matchup already whenever that gets booked because it is probably next leandro higo versus rofian stotts which i like and uh, darren caldwell versus josh hill got to get caldwell back on track and to get him up against another grinder would be interesting 
Uh, and then he had two matches that I thought were wild. Austin Vanderford versus uh, Tokov, who has been away for a bit. Uh, and I think it would be a huge step up. Okay, so I, I wanted, I'm glad this fight was brought up because oh. I, I was obviously covering the Bellator event yes. on Friday. And multiple times on the broadcast, Josh Thompson said that Gegard Mousasi was fighting Tokov for the oh, but I asked. So I didn't jump on any of the media scrums until Scott Coker came up because mm-hmm. I wanted to know because I was just like, what? Like, when was this announced? And I like, I was like, I literally just talked to Scott Coker face to face two weeks ago, and I said, okay, are we doing Musasi versus Salter? Because that seems like the fight to make. And he was like, he goes, yeah, I'm pretty confident we're going to see that. But literally, I think five times. Every time they went to the desk and they were talking about the middleweight division, he said, yeah, you know, if, if Vanderford wins, you know, he should get the winner of Musasi versus Tokov when they fight for the title. I'm like, what? So I asked Scott Cooker, I was like, okay, so multi- I was like, I thought it was going to be Musasi versus Salter, but it was said on the broadcast many times that Musasi is going to fight Tokov. Like, who's he fighting? And he wouldn't give me an answer. Like, he, <laughs> he no-sold me, completely no-sold me. I think okay. he was mad that that was said on the broadcast. That was the... Oh. That was sort of what I felt coming oh, off of him across the computer screen. I don't think he was happy with that. But if that's the case, like, so basically I'm with this listener. Like, if they do the if they do Masasi versus Salter, then Tokov makes all the sense in the world. Versus, if they step up. But if that's they a do. huge step up. Dude, he's the, he's the number three guy right now. Who is? Uh, Vanderford. Vanderford is. Now, yeah. He just beat the number four guy. You got, yeah. I mean, it's one of those two guys where he fights for the belts. Like, there's no other way to go. Okay. Was he ranked ahead of Fabian Edwards going into the fight? Yeah, he was, not, he was three against four. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought Fabian Also, Vanderford, look, good for you. And the other one was. <laughs> I don't know why I'm closing on this one, but again, it's a weird Bellator matchup. Uh, he wants to see Tyree Fortune, who just came off his first loss, fight Phil Davis. What? <laughs> no. No, I mean, I get it. Look, Phil Davis is going to fight somebody. Tyree Fortune is going to fight somebody. I think we can do a little bit better. Uh, not, I don't say better. I don't want to insult uh, Matt's, Matt's matchmaking. I think we can find a little more even matchup experience-wise for both guys. But I will say, Matt Bradbury, thank you so much for the Bellator picks. I think he's he came up with them uh, last time there was a big Bellator show, so he's always bringing the heat. Always has a lot of great deep uh, deep cuts with the matchups. So thank you all the listeners for your amazing matchups. Uh, I'll just say really quickly, you can find me on Twitter at Alexander K. Lee, on Instagram at Alexander K. K. Lee, two Ks, and Alex.Lee at SBNation.com on email. There you go. Uh, on Twitter, at MikeHeck underscore JR. Instagram, M underscore HeckJR. I may not see your matchmaking ideas right away, but by the time the show rolls, I will see them and I will be blown away by how many that I didn't see. So I, I suck at Instagram trying to be better. My resolution was, <laughs> was has just not been great. But I have been looking, for, at least for the show, I think I've accomplished what I've wanted to accomplish. But uh, that's it. And we're off next week. I don't know if we're going to do anything. Maybe we should just take a weekend yeah, off, a, AK. Look- Maybe, because look, this is a long episode. So guys, look, you got plenty of time to catch up on it. Break it up into parts. You might want to listen to this one as a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, I think we'll take I think we'll take next weekend off. I think listen, I, if we if we have a if we have a brilliant idea for a show, maybe you'll hear hear us, but a tentative, I think. A tentative break, I think. Yeah, I think I think after the whole like New Year's, you know, December and January, we gave I mean we gave you shows every week. The UFC was off like four or five weeks. We gave you we gave you shows every week. I think we're gonna take a weekend off. 
uh, from on to the next one. Give you a time, yeah, a little bit off. of a chance to miss us. You know, that's what they say. That's what they say in New England, right? Some days off. Yeah. Some days off. Some <laughs> days off, right? That's the big. That's the big New England cheer, right? Yeah, I think I think everyone can enjoy, especially in the U.S. Enjoy the three day weekend. Don't feel like you have to listen to us. Like you know, it just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Uh, but then two weeks from now, we will discuss the fallout of UFC Vegas 28, which will be headlined by Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai. Not the uh, let's be let's be honest, not the greatest UFC card of all time, but there are some fun fights on it, and uh, we will talk all about that coming up in two weeks but until then always remember everybody mma is supposed to be fun don't take this too seriously for ak i am mike Hack. we'll see you in two weeks right here on on to the next one the podcast show's long enough yeah no pause <laughs> yeah. you're listening to the vox media podcast network with the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.